0: I mean, we're not after, like, a good quality belt on Canal Street. No, what we're after is the logo. Appearances matter, right? Here's my point. People put a lot of thought, time, and energy into how we look, how we put ourselves together, all because we care a lot about it. we got to make that good first impression. But listen, I hate to tell you this, but God doesn't care so much about your image, Like how you look on the outside, the the clothes you wear, how you comb your hair. And And the reason for that is because regardless of whatever anybody else thinks, you are a beautiful child of God. Right? You are uniquely created by God to serve him. He loves you. He loves you no matter what. You are his, it's like this, it's like, it's like, um, a baby being born, um, you know, I hate to tell you, but not all babies, I mean, 90% of babies are good, are, are, are beautiful babies, right? But then you got that 10% that you're like, nah, 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 right? But of course, every time you see a baby, you always say, oh, that is the most beautiful baby I've ever seen, right? But you could say whatever you want to, it doesn't matter. That parent thinks that that is the most beautiful baby in the world. Nothing's going to change that. Doesn't matter what you say. Doesn't matter what the world says. And and here's what I'm trying to say, is that no matter what is happening on the outside, no matter what the world may say, God loves you because God created you. Like God's got a plan for you. He doesn't care about what the world says about you. He cares because you are his. His. And you're part of his family, right? So let me bring this illustration home. If God loves us no matter what, if God's love is unconditional for us, if God's not really concerned so much with our image and what we're, or who we're wearing or anything like that, like if that's not God's main concern, then what is his concern? Because image means a lot, right? That's what's ordinary in the world today. But if I want to be... If I want to receive the extraordinary blessings from God, then it means I gotta be a little unordinary. So in order to be a little unordinary, maybe I don't need to focus so much on my outward appearance, but maybe I need to focus more on what's inside. Right? The fact that God loves me. And the fact that God cares most about my heart. Like what's on the inside of me? Look at what Scripture says in 1 Samuel chapter 6, verse 7. It says this, people judge by outward appearance. That's what's normal. That's what's ordinary, right? But the Lord, where does the Lord? The Lord focuses on your heart. He goes straight for what's inside of us. So that brings us to today's blessing. And it has everything to do with the condition of our heart. Not how we dress ourselves up on the inside, but but who we are on the inside. So let's look at this portion of the Beatitudes that come from Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. And this is where we're going to land today, okay? God blesses those whose hearts are pure. Now, those that have pure hearts, what's the promise? The blessing is, the blessing is, for they will see God. Well, what does that mean? What, what does that mean? Like that we'll get to see God. Right, well, what does that mean for those? Well, well if, if Christ is alive in us, if our body is, like, is a temple of God's, like scripture says, if he lives inside of us, uh, those people that are focused on Christ alive in us, th- those people that are focused on what we talked about a couple weeks ago, positioning ourselves and practicing what God wants, positioning ourselves as close to God as possible and practicing what he wants in our life, those people that are that are concerned and focused on God alive in us. Those are the people that are going to have a closer relationship with God, right? Those are going to be the people that are going to be able to receive more of God's blessings, more of his joy. And that's what we've been talking about, right? So when I'm focused, not so much on the outside, but when I'm focused so much on the inside and where my heart is and how I'm positioning myself close to God and practicing what he wants, if I'm, if I'm concerned about what I'm taking into my heart and how I'm living, then, then the point is more blessing. That's more of a life that's opened up, that God is like, that is somebody that I can work with, that is somebody that I can give more to. So let's talk a little bit this morning about this idea of having a pure heart. And you know what? Um, Speaking of things that are unordinary, we don't usually talk so much in the form of purity of heart. So I'd like to change that wording just a little bit. And what I want to do this morning is I want to talk about integrity, okay? I'm going to change a little bit. I want to focus on integrity, purity inside. Let's use that word, okay? Let's talk about being a man or a woman of integrity. What does it mean to have integrity. In fact, I brought a uh, definition here from dictionaries. The quality of being honest and having strong moral principles is being moral uprightness. The state of being whole and undivided. Let me tell you, when it comes to being a person with a pure heart, being a person of integrity, I want to focus on three things. Go to that next slide, um, Wayne, there. Three things. Oh, nope. I may have have messed up. Let's talk about integrity as it goes to being, no, that's okay. Take those off. I didn't put that in there. Wayne, that was my fault that time. (laughs) I want to talk about integrity as it goes to being whole, authentic, and sincere, right? Go back to this. That's good. In dictionary.com, yes. Let's talk about integrity as it means whole, authentic, and sincere. Let's talk about what it means to be whole. What that means is that we're not divided in our life. It's like it's, we're not dividing up our lives into compartments. You know what I mean? It's, it's not like this section over here and that section over there. We actually get the word integrity. One of the root words is from integer, right? It's like, a, it's like that mathematical term that is used to represent a whole number, okay? Not a fraction, not a decimal but a whole number. So the idea is, is that if we separate our lives, if we segregate our lives out, and we're living a little bit over here, and then we're living a little bit over here, and then we're living this way over there, right? If that's the case, then we're not operating as a whole. We're not living a life fully of that that would be considered a life of integrity. And a lot of people try to live this way, right? We try to separate our lives out. Like We're like, well, I live this way, and I, you know, I act this way when I'm around my family, Right? And I gotta, I gotta say these things around it and I gotta be this way. But then when I'm at work, you know, when I'm at work and I'm around the guys, I can say whatever I want to because I don't have to watch myself as much. And then there's the church part. And then on Sunday mornings I come in and I worship and I say all these and I talk in terms of grace and redemption and I serve on Sunday mornings. But then when it's Friday, Friday, man, that's okay. I can turn a 180 and I can just because I need to just kind of let it all out. And I gotta kind of loosen up a little bit. But integrity. Integrity is kind of like when you look at your life as a whole, which then leads to the idea of being authentic. Are we really authentic? It means that we're the same with everyone at all times. You don't change who you are. And you don't try to, be, uh, to pretend to be somebody that you're not. And the greatest example of this was Jesus, right? Jesus was so amazing that he was the same person, whether he was talking to the religious leaders, the Pharisees at the time, or the homeless outcasts. It didn't matter whether he was sitting at a fancy banquet dinner or whether he was having lunch at the house of the sinners, like we talked about last week with Matthew. He was the same. And you know what gets me? Uh, speaking of banquets and parties and stuff, it always gets me when I, when I go to a party and I know somebody and just watching how that person interacts with people. Do you ever, you know those people that just, they're different around different types of people? You know, you may go home after the party and you're like, man, so-and-so didn't talk to me, but man, you should have seen they were tripping over themselves to talk to you-know-who. And it's like, why do we do that? Why do we put on a Show. show? You know, a a person with integrity operates as a whole. You know, they're authentic in who they are. And they're also sincere. They're also sincere. And what, what I mean by that is that when you do the right thing, you're trying to do the right thing for the right reasons. Right? When it comes to a decision, it means that you would make the same decision if you were by yourself or if you were around 100 people. It means that you would make that decision if you were on your own or if the Pope himself were standing 10 feet away from you, you would still make the same decision. Living with integrity is focusing on how I act even when no one else will find out. Even when no one else will know. You know, it's hard when you look at these things of being whole and authentic and being sincere, it's hard to live these things out. We need help with the Holy Spirit. Even, even your preacher, even I struggle with this. i tell you, the, the, uh, about a couple of weeks ago, I was at Walmart late at night trying to buy an ink cartridge for the printer. Let me preface this story by saying that one of the worst things you can do in my house is try to print something after 10 p.m., Okay, I don't know if this is how it is, but we have a rule in our house. You cannot print after 10 p.m. because there's never any ink in a printer after 10 p.m. Do you know what I'm talking? Try it tonight. Try to print something and see if that happens. So I am ill as a hornet. Because we have got to have something for the next day. I am out. I had to drive to two different Walmarts trying to find this ink cartridge. And by the time I get to that second, I finally found it. And I'm walking up to the front. And you know, you got 50 cash registers at Walmart, but there's only one open, right? And I'm walking up with my one item to the one open line. And you know what's coming, right? A lady walks in front of me with a buggy full. It gets right in front of me. And I thought in my mind, you have got to be kidding me. But the problem was is that I didn't think it in my mind. I said it out loud. (laughs) I said, and I had my mask on, but I still, I said it so loud. I said, you have got to be kidding me. Y'all, true story. This woman turned around and she said, are you the preacher at the ridge? (laughs) You I wish, I, I wish this was not true. And I looked at her, and as soon as I was so ill, but in that moment, y'all, I turned that frown upside down, and I said, why, yes, I am. How are you? I'm so, I'm so glad to see you. Don't you love shopping at Walmart late at night because there's nobody here? <laughs> I mean, just turned a 180. You probably have those kind of stories in your life too, right? You know, a person that's acting uh, with a wholeness, authentic and sincere, is the same person. No matter what the situation is, the same love of Christ in their life, no matter where they are, who they're around. I'm I'm the same person whether I'm ill, shopping at Walmart at 10.30 at night when I should be at home in my bed, than I am when I'm here on a Sunday morning with all of you. I'm the same person. And that's what we want. Right? That's what we should strive for. That way, that, that's what we should want the Holy Spirit to kind of do a work in us and help us live into that. For some of us, it might mean, you know, like when you're on a business trip, you act the same when you're on a business trip as you are with your family. Right? Or, or you're the, the same person and you're willing to help somebody, even if no, and this is a good one, even if no one is around to give you praise for it, right? Let me hammer this point home with this verse from Proverbs chapter 11, verse 20. Proverbs eleven twenty 20 says this. The Lord detests people with crooked hearts, but he delights in those with integrity. He detests people with twisted and fake and phony hearts filled with poor attitudes, right? But he delights in those with... It. I want to have one of those hearts that people delight. Like I want to have one of those hearts that my family delights in. I want to have I want to have the inside and work on me and to live a life of wholeness and integrity and authenticity and being so sincere that my family is just delights in me that my friends delight in me, but 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 more importantly that God delights in. That God can work with, right? Because the more I focus on the inside, the more I focus on positioning myself as close to Christ as possible and practicing what He wants, then then that's a life, again, that's a life that's open. That's a life that God can work with. That's a life that God can pour more of His blessings in, and that's what we're after. So I gotta look on the inside, and I gotta work on integrity, and I gotta work on that wholeness and sincerity. So here's what we're going to do, all of that to to talk about integrity. Since we've talked about what integrity is and what we should strive for, what I want to do real quick is I want to give you the benefits, the benefits of being a man or a woman of integrity. There are so many benefits from Scripture, we're just going to focus on three. And then what I want to do is I'm going to give you some practical things. Again, today's message is very practical. I want to give you some things that you can work on when you leave here today that will help you maintain a life of integrity, okay? So first, what's the benefit? Number one is this. We have more confidence. If you got your message notes, let's go ahead and open those up. Those of you that are online, um, open up the app and open up those message notes. For those of you that are new, we have an app and on there, we've got some fill in the blanks for the message notes. So number one, first benefit is confidence. And the more I learn to just be me, the more I learn that God loves me for me, that God created me and has a purpose, the more confidence I'm gonna have, right? You know, I'm not trying to pretend to be something that I'm not all the time. And the real you is who people are interested in anyway, right? Confidence confidence makes us more attractive. It's also more relaxing in our relationships. But that's a life when you're confident in who you are in Christ, that Christ is alive in me. That's a life that God can work with. Proverbs 10. Let me give you another uh, verse from Proverbs here. It says, people with integrity walk safely, but those who follow a crooked path will be exposed. When I have integrity, man, I'm walking, what this verse is saying is that I'm walking on a solid path. Have you ever walked on a crooked path or, you know, a path with pavers and you're watching where you step and you don't want to step on a crack or fall off or whatever? It takes a lot of effort to walk a crooked path, right? You're always worried. It's the same thing in life when we're trying to be something that we're not. When I'm not authentic in every area of my life. That's why people, when they finally admit a fault or a failure, it's like they just, oh, it's just like this release. It's like, oh, goodness, I'm so glad to get that off my chest. Why? Because it's difficult walking that crooked path in life. But there's confidence. Man, I'm, I'm more comfortable when I understand that I'm loved by God, that he's at work in my life. And when I do that, and I'm trying to live a life of integrity, I have more confidence. Number two, the second benefit is that I'm going to leave a legacy. What kind of story, what kind of story do we want uh, to be told about us after we're gone? You know, once you're gone, you leave things. You leave things to your kids. You leave things to your family. And I've seen people leave these grand estates to their family. And, you know, after a little bit of time, after they go through everything, most of everything, they end up in boxes and up in the attic. Or, you know, if they leave a lot of money, sometimes that money is spent and there's not a whole lot to show for it. But Integrity. A life that you could follow and live after, like live that out as an example. Man, that's that's a real legacy, right? Those stories that they'll tell about you from generation to generation to generation, man, that's what we're after, right? That's that's a huge benefit. Look at Proverbs 27. It says this: the godly walk with integrity, and blessed are the children who follow them. I love that. The godly walk with integrity, man, and their children because they've seen that example, because they've heard those stories, because that's what they want in their life. Man, that's, that's who they want to follow. Now, when I start talking about this and I start talking about leaving a legacy, I know that there are a lot of people that are like, Oof. but what about me, preacher? Because, you know, I haven't really done, I haven't really lived a great life. You know, I, I don't know that I've lived or had the best example. What about me? What, what about my legacy? And you know what? For you, this is great because things can change. Things can change. You still have time to leave a great legacy for your family. In fact, I love this story about King David and Solomon in Scripture. In fact, let, let me show you the next, um, the next verse here that comes from Proverbs chapter 9. God says this. He's talking to Solomon about his father, David. And he says, if you follow me, Solomon, if you follow me with integrity and godliness, as David, your father, did. If you follow me with integrity, as your father did, obeying all my commands, decrees, and regulations, then I will establish the throne of your dynasty over Israel forever. David, I mean, Solomon, if you just follow me with integrity like your father. Now, it, those of you who remember the life of David, David had this amazing story, right? We focus on Goliath and and all these other great things that he did. But if you remember in that story, there was also that moment. That moment where he committed adultery and murdered someone, all within a very short period of time, Uriah the Hittite and Bathsheba. But you know what's great? Is that that's not what's being remembered here. You know, David was still a man of integrity. He was still a man after God's own heart. And when we look back, even years later after David has passed, God is looking at Solomon. He's like, have a life of integrity just like your dad. That's the kind of life I want you to live. He's not remembering those bad things. He's remembering all those great moments where David was trying his best to position himself close to God and then practice, practice what God wants. So a benefit is legacy. You still have time to leave a lasting legacy. It's never too late, just like we see in the life of King David. The story's not over. And then the third thing, the third thing are the rewards. This is the greatest blessing. The greatest blessing that we're going to get is when we get to stand in front of Jesus one day, right? And when we stand in front of Jesus one day, I want to hear those words, and I know you want to hear those words. Look at this next verse that comes from Matthew when Jesus is talking about this. He says, you did well. You are a good and loyal servant because you were loyal with what? With small things. Because you were loyal, because you were faithful, because you were good in all the small things in life, what's going to happen? God's like, I'm going to give you greater things. That's the reward. Like, you, you are faithful in the small things in life. You know, we tend to think of those moments of integrity, those moments that really matter, are, that come, they, they only come with the big things in life. When everybody's watching, when the spotlight's on me, then I gotta make the best choice possible and I gotta stick with my guns, right? But the truth is, like a, a great life of integrity is a life where we're faithful in the small things when no one's watching, when God's watching how we handle those things. Because when God sees that we're faithful in those things, greater things. Do you know what one of the greatest temptations for me as a kid was during Halloween? And it's that family that leaves the bucket out front that says, just take one. You know what I'm talking about? And they leave up that sign. And I remember as a kid, I'm trying to rationalize this. And it's like, just take one. And I'm trying to think, well, did they just, maybe they meant one of each type of one type of candy. You know, or maybe they meant one handful of candy. Or maybe they went one bag full of candy. You know, my, my parents are out in the car. Nobody's around. Nobody's gonna, and this was back before internet cameras where they could put you on social media and shame you for it, right? Nobody's gonna know. And suddenly I'm coming back, until I'm coming back to the car with a bag full of candy, right? It's in the small things where it really matters. You know, we tend to think about kids struggling with this so much, but how much do we as adults, when we have that opportunity to cut a corner, to turn a blind eye, to maybe do something that we shouldn't? Next time that happens, remember, remember the little things, little things. Those are the things that really make a difference in our heart. Right? Because when I'm faithful in those little things, even when nobody's watching, even when nobody notices, God does. And when God sees that I'm faithful in those little things, what's the promise? The promise is, the benefit is, greater things, greater things. So now that we've kind of defined integrity and we've talked about the benefits, let me give you three quick ways, three quick ways to work on integrity this week, okay? There are so many things that we could talk about, okay? So many things that we could talk about, but I just want to focus on three. I just want to narrow it down real quick. Um, And if you want to receive more blessing, try these three things. Number one, here we go. Keep your promises. Keep your promises. People with integrity, they are people of their word. If they say they'll do it, they'll do it, right? If they say, I'll be there, they'll be there. If they say, you can count on me, you can count on them, right? Proverbs 25, 14 says this. A person who promises a gift but doesn't give it's like the clouds and the wind that bring no rain. And there's nothing more frustrating, right, than to be expecting something, to have a promise that's never delivered. So maybe a good question to ask as you leave this morning, like practically putting this in motion, practically living this out, or what promises have I made that I haven't kept? Like for the sake of integrity, maybe I need to follow through on them. Maybe I need to double back and make good. And this can be important because broken promises are hard on relationships. And you know, they're hard on families. Some of the most difficult words that we can hear are those words you promised. Man, you, you said this time was going to be different. You, you told me that when this happened, this is what you would do. You told me on Tuesday that you would be here. But you weren't. And you know what the sad thing is? Is that we all have excuses. And you know, we're really good at excuses. I want to think that we just keep, as a society, we keep getting better with our excuses. We can always find something to blame or some reason why I couldn't. You know, what's the most important thing? Because if you've made that promise, then it's a good opportunity to show integrity, even if it's not beneficial, right? Even if it's hard. Again, it's a, it's a blessing. It opens us up more to receive more when we fulfill what we've said we're gonna do. The psalmist puts it this way. I like this. I like this psalm. He says, Lord, who can live in your sacred tent? Like, who can stay on your holy mountain? In other words, who can be near you? Like, who can possibly be in your presence? Who can, leave a ple- who can live a pleasing life in your sight? Here it goes. Those who keep their promises even when it hurts because they don't change their mind. That means even if it costs more than I thought, even if it means I got to give up something that I wanted to do, even if it means I got a better offer, I agreed to do this, and so, you know what? I'm going to stick with it. And I'm going to be faithful. Hopefully that describes you. If it doesn't, maybe that's something when you leave here today, you can think through. How am I on the promises that I've made? Number two. Number two, here's a, here's a good one: Refuse to gossip. This is relational integrity, okay? This is when you aren't willing to talk about uh, someone or group of people in one area and then talk about them in a different area behind their back. Do you know, every time you talk about somebody, you lose. Every time you talk about someone, you lose. Because when you come up and you start gossiping to me about someone that you know, you know, that automatically triggers in my mind, this is a person that I might not be able to trust. Because here's what I found out, is that if people talk to you about other people, they'll talk about you to other people. And that's generally the case. Proverbs 11 puts it this way, gossips can't keep secrets, but a trustworthy person can. Now this may sound familiar for those of y'all that are on my Wednesday night Bible study. We're looking at the book of Proverbs, we're looking at what Solomon has to say about relationships, and we brought this up. And this is just kind of going along with that. But you know what would be great is having more men and women Who could be a good friend? Someone who we can share with and really, really know that they're going to keep it confidential and take it to God in prayer and that it's not going to be a topic of conversation. You know, some of the the biggest gossip moments can be at the end of a group meeting where somebody's got, I've got a prayer request. (laughs) Let me tell you about and you know who, you know. And that just becomes a time and a moment. that's why we stress our journey groups so much. That's why we want these small groups. We want these places to be an authentic place where people can share and not have to worry that it's going to be a topic of conversation later, that it's going to be on social media in some place, in some way, shape, or form. So here's a good question to ask. Like, as you leave here today, again, again, just very, very practical. First one is, how do I deal with my promises, right? Second one, can I be trusted to keep someone's confidence? When someone starts that conversation of, please don't tell anybody, I need you to pray for me in this way. Can can you do that? Can you be that godly friend filled with integrity? It's important. And then the third practical thing that you can work on this week is do your best at work. Do your best at work. Do your best, even when the boss isn't there, even when no one's watching. Some people want to only look good when certain people are around, right? Most of the time, it's just goofing off or playing on their phone or just wasting time. Remember, I was at a work situation one time where I would round the corner. And every time I would round the corner, I'd be able to see a full picture of this person's computer screen. And so every time I rounded the corner, I would see solitaire minimized real quick. <laughs> they would hear me coming. How do we do, what are we doing when no one's watching? Because sometimes we're good at excuses with that too. It's like, well, you know, I don't, nobody else really works that hard. Or I don't get paid enough to do all this work. Look what it says in Colossians. Colossians puts it this way. This this actually hangs in my office. Serve with a sincere heart. Here we go, back to the sincere purity inside, integrity. Even when others aren't watching. This word serve is also um, translated as work. Work with a sincere heart. Even when others aren't watching. Fearing who? Not your boss. Not the people around you. The reason you work hard is because of the Lord. The Lord who is always watching. So no matter what your task is, work hard. Always do your best as the Lord's servant, not as man. You see, the real boss is God. Whether no one sees it, God sees everything, right? You know what? Imagine what would change in your workplace if every person in that work area, and you've got a lot of people filled with integrity, I'm sure, but if every person was consumed with being a person of integrity that did the work to the best of their ability, you know what? When we live that type of way, it, it's it's so unordinary that it's a huge, huge witness to people around us. Right? They want to know why we're so different. Why we're so joyful. Well, it's because I'm focused on the sincere heart, and when I'm focused on the sincere heart and I'm trying to do my best at whatever I'm doing, it's because I realize that God is watching and that God has gifted me, and when I do that, man, I'm opening up my my life for more blessings, and more blessings mean more joy, and so that's why I have this attitude, and that's the way, why I am the way I am. And that speaks so much to the people around us. So again, these are just a few practical steps you can take to work on integrity, having a pure heart, working on what's inside, and as we close, I just remind you that God is interested in your heart, and the real reason is is because when we focus on the outside, what Scripture teaches us is that when we are working. For a pure heart, what's inside will eventually show on the outside. And when we try with the power of the Holy Spirit to be pure in heart, to be a man or a woman of integrity, when we're comfortable with who we are in Christ and how God created us, and when we keep those promises and when we refuse to talk negatively about other people, when we do our best all the time, it pleases our Heavenly Father. It's a life that God can work with and it's definitely someone who's able to receive more of God's blessings. And that's what we're after. And that's what brings more joy, right? Let's pray together. God, we just pray that you would help us strive for purity. God, please help us to be a godly example. We want to be men and women filled with integrity. And help us to remember too, God, that you want us faithful even in those little things, whatever it may be, because those little things, they add up. Whether it's keeping those promises or refusing gossip or just doing our best, God, when you see us being faithful in those little things, it means that you're able to reward us more and that you're able to give us even greater things. So God, help us to walk out of here with confidence, knowing that we are loved by our heavenly Father, that there's no one else like us. And because of that, God, we should wanna live into the purpose and the plan that you have designed for each one of us. That means, God, we don't have to pretend to be something that we're not. We don't have to worry about so much pleasing everybody around us because, God, we're gonna live and we are gonna focus on and we are gonna strive for purity because of the one who created us, because of the love you have for us, because of the plan you have for us. God, we are here for you. And God, we know that when we live that type of life, and when we're focused on purity, when we're focused on integrity, not only does it open us up selfishly, we receive more of your blessing because we're positioning ourselves closer to you, but also, God, it means that we're a great witness to others. It means that we get to be a strong example of your love to our friends and our family, to a world, God, that desperately needs to know the saving power of your son, Jesus Christ. Jesus, we love you, and we thank you for your instructions. God, help us to leave from here and to follow, follow you. It's in your name we pray all these things. Amen. Amen.